what's up what's up welcome ladies and gentlemen and everyone in between this is straightforward with miss b episode 65 like we always do chill out relax grab your vices and let's get straight to it so today we're going to start off this podcast episode um and just to let you know the topics will be surrounding my favorite genre of music, hip-hop. All right? So I wanted to start off this conversation being that Drake released his latest album for all the dogs. And it's been a lot going on. He's been basically, you know, out here going off on various, you know, podcasts, hosts, and pretty much anyone that had, I guess, an extremely critical um, take on his latest music project. And one of those individuals, of course, was Mr. Joe Button of the Joe Button Podcast. Now, Joe Button is a very good MC. He started off as a solo. Um, He was solo, starting his career off with Def Jam. He's notable for, um, I would say, some would say somewhat as a one-hit wonder. I believe his only and highest um, selling record was Pump It Up. Um, This came out almost, what, damn near 20 years ago, almost. And since then, although his, well, from Def Jam, I think, you know, he didn't really find too much success, but he did join a group um, that was started by rapper Eminem, and that group was called Slaughterhouse. And, you know, they were somewhat of, I guess if you want to connect it to, I would say maybe like the underground scene. I mean, not necessarily, I mean, they were mainstream. However, in the sense of they were, wasn't as commercial as, you know, many of the other artists that were, you know, breaking the scene um, back in those days, like, you know, the Little Waynes and the Ludacris's and, you know, things of that, of course, the Jay-Z's. Um, so, um, again, you know, Joe Budden, when it comes to, I guess, musical projects or just music business, he always tend to speak on, um, just his experiences, you know, and a lot of those experiences were, uh, were not necessarily positive ones. Um, and over the years, I guess he just kind of, felt okay with it and decided to retire from rap. So from that point, he had already dabbled into um, radio hosting and, you know, being a personality and he decided to um, become a podcaster and the podcasting industry has been I I would say extremely profitable and um good for Joe Button. 
he's been able to kind of rebrand himself um, in the eyes of his peers as well as, you know, fans and people who kind of just kind of kept up with him. I'm a fan of the Joe Button podcast. I have been watching it. Um, for several years now, um, even when they was in this little studio space with him, Maul, and uh, actually I believe it was just Rory at first, and then Maul kind of came along um, a little bit after. But even when those two guys, you know, they separated from Joe and uh, went on to do their own separate thing, you know, Joe continued on. He brought on two new hosts, um, Ish and Ice, um, as well as more recently, um, Melissa Ford uh, and uh, what is his name? Fuck, I can't. Queens Flip, that's his name. He brought them on as well. And for the most part, they have been, you know, pretty good additions to uh, to his podcast. He's still making numbers. He's getting the viewership. He even has Patreon. So, you know, he's able to push out exclusives. But um, to say all of that, in regards to Drake's latest project for all the dogs, Joe Button um, at one point uh, was cool with Drake. Um, no hard feelings. I believe they actually may have threw a few disses, you know, rap disses um, to each other some years ago. Um, But as far as a relationship between them two, from what I can tell, it has always been pretty much copacetic, you know what I'm saying, congenial. Um, However, when Joe Button took to his podcast to give his thoughts on For All the Dogs album, um, some things that he stated, Drake did not take too kind to them. He didn't take them too kindly. So, for anyone who have listened to this Drake pro- project, now, mind you, I would consider myself, you know, a Drake fan. I like Drake's music. Um, in the past, I would say, five years, have his projects, you know, been hit or miss yes in my personal opinion um however um he has a large enough catalog where you know I could still consider him you know to be a great artist he has proven that with record sales um and most recently I went to see Drake Flew from Atlanta to Seattle, Washington um, to see him on the It Was All a Blur tour with him and 21 Savage and Sexy Red. I enjoyed myself. It was a damn good concert. And, um, you know, such as his other fans, I was, you know, anticipating this new project as well. Now, from my own personal opinion, um... The project to me was, if I had to rate it, I would definitely give it maybe like a six and a half or seven um, because sometimes 
although I do like the slow, you know, the slow, mellow tunes that he have, those particular tracks where he's singing, um, I don't necessarily enjoy an entire project, uh, a predominantly or majority of the project to be that. I enjoy to hear Drake spit, you know, give me some bars, man. And on this project, I didn't get a lot of that. Um, I've listened to it several times. Um, some of my favorites on the song, of course, I like the Virginia Beach. She chose a good song to start off with. Um, which one? Mm. Like the Fear of Heights was cool, um, but mainly, you know, of course, in that he did have a dig. Um, many say to Rihanna. Um, you know, they do have a history there as well. First person shooter, of course, J. Cole slid on that track. Um, the Yeet track, I could do without the calling for you with 21 Savage. I didn't, I really didn't like that one either. Um, I thought that 21's verse was kind of blah. Um, if I take into consideration, it was all a blur that the album that they did together um, his last album, um, 21 was, he was killing it on that, on that album. But on this particular song calling for you, mm, it was okay. Um, the girl, this little interlude within the song where the girl was speaking about, you know, she was tired of eating goddamn curry chicken and jerk chicken and all that type of shit every day. Uh, could have did without that, but I'm sure Drake must have added it in this song um, to give it an uniqueness because we, I mean, I don't remember. It's been a while since we may have heard a song where there's like literally kind of like this breakdown interlude within the actual song. Usually you'll get a song, a full song, and then the next track, on the album may be an interlude, uh, which he did have two, I think two interludes on this particular album. Um, but for that to be within that particular song, Calling For You, um, I just felt as though it, it shit, he, I don't know. She didn't need to be in there. She didn't really serve a purpose. Um, let me see what else song that I like. Slime You Out was okay with SZA. Um, Bahamas Promises is one of my favorite People are stating that um, that one he may be talking about Haley. Um, Haley, who's married to um, Justin Bieber. They have some history. Um, tried Our Best is okay. Let's see. Um, what would Pluto do? That's another fave of mine. I liked all the parties to achieve Keith is good to start hearing him coming back out. I know that he released something recently. Um, but yeah, it's good to hear him 8am in Charlotte. Uh, the BBL love interlude was okay. Gently with bad bunny. I hear a lot of people criticizing that particular record. Um, you know, bad bunny is probably one of the top, international artists um in the game 
uh, Drake, do, you know, Drake and these accents that he do. This time he was, you know, throwing on the Spanish accent. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like him and Bad Bunny could have come a little harder. Um, Rich Baby Daddy was sexy red. Now, a lot of people do not like that, but I'm from the South. You know, I come from the South. We used to twerking and, and freak Nick and bounce music and things of that nature. So it is something that I grew up on, that particular sound. So I'm appreciative, although, you know, and I like Sexy Red. I, Sexy Red is very authentic from what I can see. I don't know her personally, um, but she seems to be a very genuine person, and I appreciate people who are genuine and who are themselves at all times, whether it's good, bad, hood, bougie, whatever the case, just be who you are. Um, so I like that particular song. And, you know, the other ones on the album I could do without. So, you know, for my own personal opinion, again, for all the dolls, it's like a six and a half, seven to me. Um, and uh, I know he says that he's going to be taking a break um, to focus on his health. He's been having some stomach issues, so. This break probably will definitely suit him very well, and uh, we'll see what his next, you know, project will be once he come off a break. But as far as him and Joe Button goes, now Joe Button mentioned um, the fact he went a little personal. Um, it seems as though you know Joe Joe Button didn't think that highly of this particular project. He went on to just um, give his opinion that. Um, you know, he would, he wishes that Drake music was a bit more mature considering that Drake is what 37, 38 years old. Um, he also stated that, you know, people of his, of Joe's age, particularly, um, do not necessarily want to hear Drake, um, keeping up, you know, keeping up with the youngins in his music or speaking on, you know, dealing with, um, girls in their 20s you know he he definitely stated you know he stressed the fact that he wishes that his music was a bit more mature um drake didn't take too kindly to that statement he went he motherfucking went off on joe but <laughs> he basically typed up this this long comment which was a bit uh maybe too much and then you know in true Joe Button style, he responded with one sentence, basically talking about father time is inevitable. I'm just paraphrasing it. Um, but um, you know, I can understand Joe Button. I can understand both sides in this situation. Um, Drake has a right to be, you know, mad or upset with Joe's comments um, because he felt as though Joe could have kept his criticism just strictly on the music without there being any reference to him being around the youngins like Kai Sinead and all of that and, and, and messing with the 25, 21, 25 year old. So I can understand why Drake took offense to that. However, um, 
what was definitely unnecessary was Birdman, who is the CEO of Cash Money, who Drake was or still is signed to. I think he's no longer signed to them. Um, but Birdman basically, you know, damn near threatened Joe Button. You know what I'm saying? Say to you, oh God. You know, he just basically just had some words for Joe Button. And then on top of that, Drake's own father, his biological father, also had some words for Joe Button as well. Now, for these men, I'm sure Drake's father is probably maybe in his late 60s, maybe 70. Birdman is definitely in his 50s. Like, I understand you taking up for your boy, but at the same time, it's just, it, it looks ridiculous, you know? Um, and on the flip side, when it comes to Joe Button, maybe Joe did take it a little bit far. However, however, Joe also stated on his podcast is that all he did was just talk about shit or reiterate Drake's own words, you know, these are words that Drake talk about in his rap lyrics on the album. He mentioned something about a 21 year old girl. I forgot what song that was on, but it's like, uh, we're all we doing is just stating what you said. So how can you get mad at us um, for bringing it up and, you know, speaking out on it um, from a, I guess, media standpoint, because this is another caveat to this whole situation is that a lot of the urban hip hop or just urban media outlets always seem to get a lot of slack from these artists, whether it's not wanting to stop for, you know, stop on the red carpet and speak to them and, you know, give urban outlets interviews or, you know, just kind of make it difficult, um, difficult, but yet, you know, artists would definitely shit. They'll, they'll jump on it quick. If one of the mainstream larger, um, I guess you would consider them to be maybe white based, um, media outlets like Vogue or, you know, some of those outlets there, you know, the artists are quick to go give them or grant those outlets interviews before they will an urban media one. Um, and it's just a bit unfair for someone who used to work in or just own a platform, media platform. So I was kind of privy to some of these situations happening. Um, I can understand where, where the DJ academics and, you know, the people like Joe Button um, or Jason Lee with Hollywood and Locke, I can understand where they're coming from um, because it seems like, you know, the minute they criticize something or write a think piece or do a podcast criticizing or just stating whatever um, in regards to, you know, a black artist's music, um, the artists be, you know, the artists be quick to 
clap back. And it's like, come on, dude, we're just criticizing your music. We're giving our thoughts, our opinions on it. We are entitled to that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, if you don't like what we say, that's fine. This doesn't mean that I'm no longer a fan of yours. However, I do have an opinion on the music, and this is what my opinion is. Now, it may not necessarily be favorable to um, to what you think of your own project, but, but God damn it, it's, it, this is just my opinion. You know? You don't have to necessarily listen to my opinion, but this is what it is, so... Do I think these two gentlemen need to squash whatever shit they got going on right now? Yes, I do. Um, do I think um, Drake had a point? Yes. Do I think Joe Button had a point? Yes, I do. Do I think um, Drake and other artists um, need to stop um, giving, you know, giving black urban outlets they ass to kiss? Yes, I do. Um, that definitely needs to change because at the end of the day, when these, you know, artists were just coming up in the game, they were still underground or up and coming. You know what I'm saying? Nine times out of 10, it was these, you know, black urban media outlets who was giving them some form of exposure whether it was on the blogs, um, social media, Instagram, Twitter, shouting them out or whatever the case may be when they was nobody, hell, we were giving them shout outs. But as soon as they get to a point where they're selling millions of records and get on the high horse, you know what I'm saying? They just shun, they turn their backs on the, on the black media, um, outlets. So there definitely needs to be some change there and some fucking respect put on their name. Now, I'm not saying, you know, artists should go to every media outlet. No, because there are urban media outlets who just keep up bullshit, just mess. So, you know, if I was an artist, I definitely would be hesitant to go somewhere um, like that. However, there are plenty of good, wholesome, um, true journalistic um, media outlets out here, um, that are urban, um, for the urban community, um, that these artists could still support. And that's what the fuck they need to do. All right. So speaking of some other shit, let's talk about this DJ Envy and some guy named Caesar. Let's talk about that situation real quick. Let me go. And first, I'm just going to play this video that I found on TikTok. Um, and we're going to listen to it first. I'm not a lawyer, but I just read the court docs regarding DJ Envy and this real estate scam. And I'm going to break it down for you. The lawsuit was filed by Anthony Barone and Anthony Martini. Barone and Martini are suing Jennifer and Cesar Pena, as well as DJ Envy and two companies that I'm going to tell you about in the video. Let's start with the first company. 
According to the lawsuit, Martini agreed to purchase a 25% stake in a 50-unit apartment complex called the Taylor Apartments. Martini's understanding was that his investment of $300,000 would be to cover any overages and operating costs until all of the units in the apartment complex were sold or rented. Still sometime in 2019, Anthony Barone had lunch with DJ Envy and Caesar. At this lunch, according to the lawsuit, DJ Envy and Caesar began promoting the Taylor Apartments to Barone. Barone was interested in potentially investing. The lawsuit claims that DJ Envy and Caesar give a tour of one of their joint projects to Barone. They're telling Barone how successful the project has been. After that tour, Barone is all in. He agrees to invest $500,000 in the Taylor Apartments with the understanding that his money would be used to cover construction costs and operating costs until all of the units were sold or rented. The promise was that the project would be completed in early 2021 and would generate a net profit of over $900,000 a year. Barone sends his $500,000 and soon after, Caesar tells him because of COVID, there are now construction delays. Over a year and a half passes and Caesar tells Barone that construction was finally beginning around this same time. Caesar is telling Martini that, quote, guys are there working nonstop. The foundation was done and plumbing was finishing. By this point, Caesar introduces another project to both Martini and Barone. It's called Flip to Dow and it's a crypto investment opportunity that would allow people to use crypto and credit cards to own shares of real estate. Caesar shares with them a pitch deck. It says that Flip to Dow is being led by a specific group of people and DJ Envy was included in that group of people. After some back and forth, Barone wires over $300,000 as an investment into Flip to Dow. About two weeks later, Caesar goes on The Breakfast Club with DJ Envy. DJ Envy speaks about the many seminars he's hosted with Caesar and how so many people Damn, often Envy. ask how they can invest with DJ Envy and Caesar. Caesar goes into Flip to Dow and tells the audience that if they want to invest, this is the way to do it. So fast forward to May of 2023, a man named Tony the Closer Robinson made some posts on Instagram alleging that DJ Envy and the Pinas were running a $13 million Ponzi scheme. Barone sees the post and calls DJ Envy to ask him about it. DJ Envy denied all involvement with Flip to Dow. So then Barone starts calling all of the other members from that pitch deck and all of them denied involvement with Flip to Dow. So Barone demands all of his money that he invested into the Taylor Apartments and into Flip to Dow. But according to this lawsuit, the money has yet to be returned. Oh, and wow. as of June, 2023, this is the current condition of the Taylor apartment project. Dang. Okay, so the causes of action in this lawsuit are violation of rights to inspect books and records, violation of the Consumer Fraud Acts, and this next cause of action is aiding and abetting, and it's specifically against DJ Envy and some other unknown people. And it's because Barone and Martini allege that DJ Envy used his public likeness and influence to give the impression of legitimacy when it comes to the Pinas and these businesses. And he got people to invest in a real estate scam that he promoted. So this is just one of the lawsuits that's in connection to the Pinas and this whole real estate thing. But DJ Envy has filed a lawsuit against Tony the Closer Robinson because he says he defamed and slandered his name. DJ MB also spoke out on The Breakfast Club this morning. Now, Caesar, if he took money 
I wasn't privy to it, nor did I even know. But for, for anybody to say I was involved, that's totally not true. I could be wrong, but I didn't see nobody accusing you of taking money. I just saw them say that they met Caesar because they heard you talking about Caesar. Nah, they, they basically said I was privy to it, and that wasn't true. Be careful where you put your money. Ch I'm not a lawyer. Okay. DJ Envy. Well, first off, to the Caesar fella, Caesar Pena is his name. Um, let me turn this down. The Caesar Pena fella, okay. You have a past history of being a bona fide, bona fide scammer. Um, I believe you may have done some federal prison time before. Um, not necessarily for this particular case, but just some shit that happened years ago. Um, I believe your wife may have been assisting you as well. Um, I'm just going to say allegedly because I don't know you personally. I damn sure ain't invest no money. Um, so I'll just say, you know, allegedly that, hey, you, you just, all, you all about the scam game. So, you know, I can't really fault you. It, I mean, I can fault you about, what happened with these people, this new, you know, this new uh, situation and the people's money that you have not returned to them. Um, but Hey, you was getting it how you live. Now, DJ envy, DJ envy. Come on now, son. If you, if you on the breakfast club acting as if, You ain't got no dog in a fight with this situation. You didn't partake to the degree that everybody, um, you know, starting to believe that you did, you know, cause people think that you, you, you were scamming too, that you was in on it. Like you knew about this all along. Um, but for you to be on a radio station and not even take accountability for the part that you did play in this situation, just like the, oh, and let me, um, I think her name is, I'm not a lawyer, but on TikTok, so you can follow her, um, just making sure I give folks their credit, but that's where I pulled that video, um, footage for, I thought it's though, she did a wonderful job of just kind of, uh, you know, um, summarizing what all has been going on with this Envy and C Caesar situation um, in a one to two minute video. And I thought it was perfect. Um, but yeah, for you to not even take accountability of the part that you play, like in the lawsuit, right? Excuse me. The lawsuit basically is pointing out the fact that, hey, it was because of your notoriety the level of notoriety that you have and access to um, just automatic exposure through the radio station, which has thousands and thousands and thousands of people that listen to the breakfast club uh, for you to use your likeness as the way to help promote, you know, promote this real estate scam. You should be taking accountability for that. He didn't say shit about that on a radio station. He just kept throwing the Caesar dude under the bus. But no, Envy, you got you played a part in this. Just like Charlemagne said, if it was him, he wouldn't say nothing. He would do as the lawyers say, do not speak. Just let the lawyers speak for you. 
However, envy, ego, and everything, probably narcissism and everything else, he just felt the need to go on the radio station and just speak his part because he ain't had no choice at this point because, nigga, y'all probably finna get, y'all finna get some prison time behind this. I believe they ended up stealing with, I'm going to say Caesar dude. I believe the Caesar dude ended up um, collecting or stealing scamming these folks out at what 80 million dollars something like that that's absolutely crazy and for those people who you know for those people who have not received their money back and don't even have like the dude was basically taking the money acting as if he was going to be investing investing it in properties however some of these properties he didn't invest shit in. And he was blamed first blaming it on COVID, you know, say, Hey, construction work had to cease because of COVID and, you know, just coming up with lie after lie after lie after lie. Then none of these people get, get their money back or see any type of returns on it. And just imagine the guy who filed this lawsuit, I believe he ended up investing shit. I think it was like uh, over a million dollars. Just imagine all of those other people, hundreds of people who would go to they um to those real estate uh real estate workshops and, and conferences that they that they would put on with D- DJ Envy on the stage with the dude Caesar still promoting the shit. You know what I'm saying? Just all these regular people who would have been in the audience decided to, hey, maybe I want to invest in this project and see some type of money. These are people who probably used their life savings. You know what I'm saying? And everything could have took shit loans out, maybe took a $25,000 loan thinking they was going, you know, you just never know. Just imagine those people who lost thousands of dollars. Just regular everyday people. See, that's why you can't fuck with everybody. You just really cannot support everybody. You know, I be trying to tell friends like, shit you see don't be real. Everything you see don't be true. Especially on social media, be smoking mirrors. You see people balling or doing this and that and and thinking they telling you some good information and things of that nature it everything just do not be true you cannot be so gullible when you are following these quote-unquote influencers and these companies online they can they can push out some bullshit to you so don't be so comfortable I'm so glad that I have a high level of distrust for people. Like I don't trust nobody pretty much. And I'm very appreciative of having that, that trait. I don't trust people. Cause I just don't, I don't fall for the okie doke like that. But back on DJ Envy, I am interested to see how all of this plays out with DJ Envy. Um, I hope he got some good-ass lawyers that can help him get out of this because, hey, if it's a bad, if it end up bad for DJ Envy, I can see him losing his job, um, you know, losing his radio job, and he have to be sitting around shit, 
taking DJ gigs and having damn uh what's the other shit he be doing? The car shows. That's what he gonna have to do. Cause I know the, you know, shit. The white folks who own the radio station, uh, they're not gonna be they they're not gonna appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? They have like one of the top shows, morning shows. So they definitely ain't gonna want somebody who's been conning their listeners out of money. on their platforms. So I'm interested to see all I can say is shit. All this shit is just blasphemous. <laughs> it just be too much going on sometimes. You know what I'm saying? All right. Speaking of hip hop music and podcasts, and shows, um, it seems like um, a girl, Young Miami, uh, real name is Carisha, and she has a um, show, kind of like a live podcast show on the Revolt channel um, called Carisha Please. Now, many people are upset, especially um, hip-hop media outlets um, who are known for their viral, viral interviews and articles and things of that nature, um, such as I believe the nominees in this category were Joe Button Podcast, Drink Champs, Million Dollars Worth of Game, Rap Caviar, Hip Hop DX, and, of course, Carisha Please. Um, I think that is... It that was on the list, um, but the BET um, 2023 Hip Hop Awards just recently occurred, and Carisha Please took home the award um, for uh, best what is it best media platform or something of that nature. And Noriega from the Drink Champs felt some kind of way. Um, he really felt some kind of way. He basically stated that, hey, ain't nobody else going to say nothing about this, meaning that, yeah, none of the other nominees, you know, going to speak out and say what the fuck going on because how could Carisha win second year in a row? This is her second time winning this exact same award from BET. Many think that, you know, that's because of Diddy. Diddy could have paid for her to win, possibly, some payola going on. Um, but many think that that's what happened. And Noriega basically, you know, he just was like, look, look, Drink Champs, all damn near all of his um all of their interviews go viral. He gets millions and millions of views on it. You know what I'm saying? And then you have uh, people like Carisha Please, who whose podcast, whose show haven't been out long, and she's only had a handful of guests on there. Of course, they got millions of views. However, she hasn't, you know, other people who feel like they've been doing this for five, 
six, seven, ten years of straight putting in work, really felt offended because of the fact that she just came in the game maybe a year ago, only have a couple of episodes, and has won this same award twice. Um, so Nori feels some kind of way. Me, um, how I feel about it, yeah, I don't think that Carisha, please, has put in enough work. Um, it's not hate. This is not coming from a place of hate. However, um, you know, people do spend a lot of time. It's people who work hard for this shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, people work hard. They've been working years. You know what I'm saying? To have a top. They start from zero viewers to millions of viewers. People like Drink Champs. I remember when they first started that shit. You know, so I, you know, I can kind of uh, side with Nori on this is that, hey, damn, we put in all this work. We want to be recognized at least once. At least once, you know. And I believe that everybody who was nominated, pretty much, you know, the other cats are all deserving of it. Now, a couple of well-known urban hip-hop outlets, DJ Academics, um, No Jumper with Adam22, and uh, DJ Vlad um, apparently has been in talks because they they are never nominated on these uh, at these award shows. So they feel some type of way. Um, and all three of them have got years in the game. All of their stuff, you know, go viral. Interviews after interviews after interviews. Um, or news media coverage hip of the hip-hop genre. You know, they're very popular in this space. So I believe those fellas uh, may be in the works of trying to develop you know, some type of podcast award show um, so that, you know, other people such as themselves in this particular field, you know, can be recognized for their hard work, for what they put into it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a good thing if they actually pull this off. Um, I think that would be a good thing because, you know, BET definitely shows their biases We've seen it time and time and time and time and time again with BET. You can just tell when they are being biased or, you know, some some back end behind the scenes shit done went on. You know what I mean? Um, so BET, you need to be more fair in this process. Um, what I would like to know, however, is like, how do they, is there like a board that select, um, you know, a board that cast their votes and then that's how the winners are selected or, um, are these, um, people selecting or being voted on by just the viewers, you know, people who are subscribed to say the BT app, like who, how the awardees being selected is what I want to know. Um, if it is done by some selective board, then yeah. But if Carisha please did win fairly based on um, the fans and, 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 you know, the viewers voting for her over the rest of those nominees, then, hey, it is what it is. You know, enjoy your award once again. Uh, Miss Young Miami. 
All right. So that's all I really wanted to speak on today. We are 45, almost 45 minutes in. I think this was a pretty good podcast. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for, you know, subscribing and following us on all streaming platforms. Um, Definitely, I upload the audio episodes to YouTube. So follow us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel as well. And until next time, I appreciate y'all and peace out.